Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. I'm joined by Josh Goodwin with Goodwin Mortgage Group. We are at the Duncan Duo on social media when we aren't on air. Again, at the Duncan Duo, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Facebook. Follow us, get relevant real estate information, see real estate videos, see tours of new listings, and learn more about what's going on in real estate in your backyard. So I saw an article, and it's, it's, it's talking about appraisals. And I think that there is a misconception that people have about what happens in the appraisal process and kind of what the steps are. And so I wanted to spend a few minutes just telling people, hey, look, if you're buying a house and it gets appraised and the appraisal comes in low, um, or if you're selling a house and the appraisal comes in low, kind of what are your steps? And and I think, again, um, in a market where there's a lot of volatility, um, where we see values continuing to rise, but the buyer pool continuing to to be shrunk because of you know rates and 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 all these and insurance increases and all these obstacles. Um, what are people's options? And and so the other thing that I want to talk about is if you're a cash buyer, you do you can write in an appraisal uh, contingency. You know we were just negotiating a um, seven million dollar deal uh, down in um, Sarasota County. And the buyer, a uh, very high net worth guy, buying a super incredible. I mean, this place looks sick. Seven point eight. Yeah, and he's a and he's a and he's a car guy. Yeah, seven point eight is the listing price, and so he's a car guy, right? And he um, he's buying his house. It's gonna be a cool garage, like cool spread. It's it's a really cool opportunity. But um, you know, in in talking with our agent and kind of going through things, I realized that a lot of times home sellers don't think that they can write that in. They just think, oh, since it's cash, there's no appraisal contingency. Mm. But if you are concerned about the value, or if you simply want it as a negotiating, correct? Package, you know, you don't have to have the appraisal to buy it because you have cash. You you don't need the bank. But um, look, people buying high end homes are savvy negotiators. They want the best advice, the best service they can get, and that's something we do regularly. In addition to all the steps you can do and the additional inspections and you know due diligence periods on larger homes can be longer too. Because look, it's you know like imagine trying to have a home inspector come out and in two hours inspect a ten thousand square foot house. It ain't happening. They need like half a day, three quarters of a day. They need to bring some extra people out. They've got other things they need to inspect. Um, so so it's a different process when you're buying a high-end house, but the appraisal is something that you can negotiate in and say, look, I want to know that the property I'm buying is it will appraise. And again, that doesn't mean you have to agree with the appraisal. It doesn't even mean that the that the uh, buyer has to agree to to lower the price if it if it comes in short. But it does give you something to go back and your you know five hundred dollar inspection or five hundred dollar. Nah, it's more than five hundred. But but on that price, six fifty. Yeah, yeah, maybe even a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So so nonetheless, your investment in that could provide you returns on a better price or better terms. Um, so I, I think a lot of people pass on those things, and I think those are great things that I would I would tell any high end buyer. Hey, look, if you're gonna buy high end real estate. Think about adding in the at a contingency that allows you to con- confirm that the property appraises at or above your price, and, and then you know be be relatively rigid with your home inspection process. Even if you don't want the seller to make repairs, 
Because at that price range, um, Josh's seat is, is like uh, is going up <laughs> and going down. Up and down without Even at doing that anything. price range, you're you're not somebody that needs a seller to take care of something. You you just want to know, right? But you, again, it's negotiating leverage. It's the same thing. You and I deal with cars a lot, right? I mean, yeah. like if you're going to buy a really high end car, you need a PPI. You need a Correct. you need a pre purchase inspection, and they're going to look at things, and you need to run comps, and you need to you need to run in MMR data. You have need to have dealership friends. You need to make sure you're not overpaying. And I think. High-end real estate buyers sometimes let the idea that they have cash and they don't need the the bank involved that they don't need an appraisal. But those are two; those can be two completely separate things. Well, I think those high-end buyers are able to buy those homes because they are savvy. Correct, but a lot of them don't appraise them. Really, I find that interesting. Yeah, a lot of the buyers don't like when we've 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 done a lot in that. You know, we've done multiple deals above five million dollars where the buyer doesn't. It's like, I'll take it. Doesn't ask for an appraisal. I mean, mm-hmm. they do their inspection, and they're like, well, I think it's worth the number, so I'm okay. That isn't really the point of it, though. No, it's, the nego- point it's a of negotiation it tool. The po- like even that. if you think it's worth that and you're willing to pay, you might knock off 100 grand, 200 grand, or you might find out it's worth even more and make you even happier about the price you're getting it at. So, And, and again, an appraisal is just one person's opinion. Uh-huh. And, and in a cash transaction, you don't need the appraisal to come in. Like, like in a financing situation, you need the appraisal to come in at a certain value in order to get the deal done, or or the buyer has to make up some difference. Yeah, because we're not gonna we're not gonna lend on something that isn't worth right. What the appraisal, but in means. a cash situation, that's not needed. So, but it is a great negotiating tactic that I think a lot of high end buyers need to use that don't. So, you, the other things you can do is again, you know, you can appeal the appraisal whether you're the seller, or you're the buyer, you can appeal it. I'm just going to be honest, and you know this too, the likelihood of an appraisal appeal being successful is, is rare. I can't say never, but it's rare. It, they they typically work when the appraisers made an error. Right. Wrong comp. Wrong, you know, the, yeah. the MLS number doesn't add up. They're like, oh, whoops, I made a mistake. Right. You're correct. Right. I mean, but, but again, them admitting they made a mistake. Sometimes very there's ego rare. involved. You know, they don't <laughs> want to admit they made a mistake. So so you, so so you can work through that. You can sometimes find a new comp or a comp they missed or one that's more relevant or make you make a or try and make a point or a case for for your position. The other thing you can do is order a second appraisal. Now again, depending on the loan product, we know that some loan products, um, you know, VA, FHA, I think, Tie the appraisal to the property. Is that? Is it, it may not be VA. I know it's FHA. VA. VA, VA, VA does. does. So FHA does. Yes. Okay. But the, to add to that, it's it's a unique process. So in order to get a new appraisal, most companies won't let you. Right. They're like, if they won't do a rebuttal, that's fine. So one thing we do, I've picked my board of appraisers. Yeah. So yeah. so you have people that you know and believe that they're that they're going to do I don't a really good value. job. Correct. Yeah, they're going to do an exceptional job. Correct. And you vetted them instead of just some person that 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 they pick. The other thing about order, so, so going back to the the um, second appraisal with VA and FHA, if that appraisal comes in, it stays with the property for six months. Is that right? No, FHA is six months. Six yeah. months, it stays with the property, meaning that you can't. Go out like and get another FHA appraisal on that on that property. You just or a different buyer with an or FHA a different loan. buyer with yeah. an FHA loan. Um, the other where a second appraisal can sometimes be effective though is in a broker type situation where you can try and place the loan with another lender that might yep. have a different set of appraisers or a different person's opinion. Unconventional, yeah, right, right, uh, yeah, exactly. So we yeah. do it. I've done it. I've done it a lot. When we get yeah. a second appraisal, you have to prove negligence. So you yeah. do a rebuttal. Appraiser says, I'm not changing this, but we know that those comps are absolutely horrendous. We can prove negligence. 
and order then a second, get a second appraisal. appraisal. Gotcha. And I think that um, the other the other side of it is as a buyer. And again, I know as a lender, you don't want to hear this, but if but, but you're a fiduciary, dude. When you've talked to our clients and you've done this before, you try and give them the best advice you possibly can. And sometimes. Rarely, but sometimes that means they might need to go to another lender. Correct. And I've told them that. New construction is a good example. Right. Like, hey, I'm getting $10,000 in seller credit. Like, look, our rate's better by a quarter of a point. But how long it's going to take for you to get that money back? You would be foolish if you didn't take this. Come to me when you refinance. Right. Please go with them. The service won't be as good. I can promise you that. But But it's worth 10 grand. Yeah. Yeah. And so the other side of that, that, um, the, the second appraisal side of it is, if you're conventional or you're high end, right, and you're you're using a portfolio loan, like you know, we deal with that sometimes where somebody's buying a two or three million dollar house you have to and they're get using appraisals. their portfolio loan and they're going to get multiple appraisals. But sometimes I've even seen buyers and sellers have a disagree about value on appraisal, and then they end up even with two appraisals, they end up having to go to a second lender to whose get appraisals end up. Yeah. So so again, sometimes you have to do that. The other thing you can do is you can negotiate with the seller on that appraisal if. If it comes in short, then you know you go back to the seller and you say, "Hey, I want you to lower the price." And and obviously, in, in some situations they will, and in some situations they won't. Mm. So you try and negotiate that. And if they won't, then they go back on the market and they try and find another buyer. Uh, if they will, maybe they won't give you all of it, and then you have to decide is the is the juice worth the squeeze to maybe come out of pocket a little bit with cash to to still keep the deal alive and buy the house that you really wanted. Yeah, and you know so, you know what makes that easier, and you know this. I mean, it's you've done it yeah. your career. A savvy agent representing you 100%. that can explain to a listing agent, "Hey, yeah, let's let's level out right now." Right, and and you that, know this is not worth that. Right, exactly, and not just that. Not is it not worth that, but you're going to keep wasting your clients' time, energy, and money if you're not honest with them about the price. Correct. I did a video this past week about the price is wrong, mm, and I and I beeped it out. It was the Bob Barker thing. Yep. And and there are a lot of times where agents don't want to negotiate offers because it makes them take pie on the face yeah, about when it what comes the listing down. price they told them it was going to sell for. And and again, in a lot of situations, especially in a market where it's shifting, those were six months. You know, you listed it a few months ago, and those comps were those comps were a lot better than than they are in a certain neighborhood now. So. Yep. So the so you can negotiate with the seller, but obviously, like you said, a savvy agent, you're negotiating with the agent, and you're attempting to get the agent to explain it to the client of, hey, look, this appraisal is going to stay with the property. Do they know if they go back on the market because it's VA or FHA? You know, they they're not selling it for anything Correct. different than this. So now you're shrinking your buyer pool dramatically, right? So so you can negotiate with the seller. You can try and find common ground. The last thing you can do is walk away. And so here's where I think people make mistakes sometimes. And this goes to the inspection and the appraisal. I think buyers make mistakes walking away about dollar amounts that don't make sense sometimes. Like, for example, if we're talking about a couple thousand dollars here or there on appraisal or inspection issues, when I see buyers cancel deals over, over that. five grand on an appraisal. That yeah. is wild because of what they don't realize. And here's what I see so many of them doing. And this is what I've tr- I, I, I coach our agents all the time. And I've tried to tell people this through the years. You know, I've sold real estate now almost 20 years, right? So I, I went through the Great Recession. I remember telling people, don't do that. Don't raise your price. Don't raise your price. And they raised their price. They said, I'm going to cancel this deal over over two grand. A buyer. I'm going to cancel a deal over two grand. I'm going to go find something else. So I'm going to raise my budget. Okay. I don't want to pay 2,000 repairs. So now instead of buying a $400,000 house, I'm going to go buy a 450 so I can have a clean inspection report. Right. So they go buy a 450 and they really stretch themselves and then the economy tanks. 
you know how many people that I that I got calls from that need to short sell their house their homes. or were going to foreclosure because they pushed the limit because they wanted to walk on a thousand or two thousand dollars. Find a way to make that deal work because your opportunity cost, interest rate increase, price uh, inflation. When you're talking about small dollars like that, almost every time the next house you buy ends up costing you more money, mm-hmm. and you're you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're you're counting pennies. You know you need Missing to dollars, stay yeah. put on the house you're on. Over that small dollar amount, because you're also talking about the time to go buy another house, another inspection, another appraisal. Those are hard costs that are just coming coming right out, and people don't realize that. They look at it and say, "Oh, I don't." The seller isn't going to make that. They let their ego get in the way, and they make really bad business decisions because that two or three thousand dollar repair or that two or three thousand dollar difference in the appraisal is typically not something to mm-hmm. walk on, and especially when rates are rising, prices are rising. It's like. That same four hundred thousand dollar house is going to be is going to cost you ten thousand dollars more in three months by the time you find it because prices are going to go up and your rate's going to be a quarter or a half point higher. Like, why are you doing this? And but they don't see it that way. They think they know better mm-hmm. and they think that it's going to be you know rates are going to come down and da 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 da. They think they know better and and I've seen so many people literally make decisions to push themselves past what they can really afford. And then get bit when when a market corrects because they overextended themselves trying to not spend two or three thousand dollars and overspending by fifty or hundred grand. Yeah, if we if so, we if we've learned anything over the last 15, 16 months, be conservative. Yeah, be conservative. Be conservative. I think I mean on this station, I would hope that everyone uh, takes that advice. Like, yeah, you know. But <laughs> but again, we're gonna be back. We can continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market, unsellable houses. I don't think that exists. Truly, unsellable houses. Because the price the is right. The so price there's is a, right. It says unsellable houses is a reality TV show, but is it too tough? Is the market too tough for reality TV? And look, the real estate market is pretty tough. But I think again, it all depends on what you're looking to get out of the reality TV. Because I'll tell you, most of the reality TV ain't real anyway. Mm-mm. So look, let, let's be honest. They're not showing the real real estate market. You know, they're showing sunshine and rainbows. People still love watching that stuff. I get people all the time asking me about some of the reality TV people and, oh, yeah, I saw they bought this house. I'm like, it's all a lie. It's all fake. I mean, every bit of reality TV is scripted. And even friends of mine that are that are agents that I knew before they became reality TV people that I still know today will tell you it's scripted BS, yep. right? But but the the um but the point is, is that are people still going to watch it because the market's more challenging? It's tougher. Are people going to, uh, you know, make these moves um, and and be excited about a show when it isn't sunshine and rainbows? And look, here's what I'll tell you: it's still sunshine and rainbows in the high end. I mean, look that 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 part isn't getting impacted. The ultra right high now. end is not. Yeah, getting and, and no one's touching that. So, like, it, you know, no, that's not changing. Like. You know, this people that are at that level know how to pivot. And work Someone on. buying a thirty million dollar home isn't Ain't, too worried about exactly. Yeah. So, so I think there's no question that would continue to do well on reality TV. Unsellable houses, the show I've seen it, and again I get the point of it. The point of it is saying they're unsellable and they're really, really bad. Like, look, I have bought some really ugly houses over. I have bought. I just bought one on Lansdale. Um, uh, close to Robinson High School, mm-hmm. and this thing is scary. It looks like something out of a horror movie, dude. Mm. I mean, it is wild. Like I walk in there, and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, like I mean, just walking in, I'm uncomfortable. I mean, it's wild, right? It's going to need massive renovation. So I've bought some really ugly stuff, right? The the funny thing is, is the house I bought. And look, if 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 you have a house that you've inherited that you're tired of owning, you want cash, you want out. 
We do that too. DuncanDuo.com. Get in it. You can go through. You can plug in your address. You can get your home value. You can get your instant cash offer. Um, we're always buying houses, and compared to some of the large hedge funds out there, you know, we're a local company. We're keeping it local. We're investing local. We're helping local people. And and oftentimes, I come in at better prices and better terms uh, than than a lot of the larger companies because I can be more creative because I'm I'm a smaller company than these enormous conglomerates that have all this rigidity. But but anyway, so we buy ugly houses, and and I'm not afraid to buy them when they need work or um, you know when you just want out quick. Uh, again, DuncanDuo.com. But unsellable houses doesn't exist. The, there's always a price. It doesn't really matter how bad a house is. There's a price that someone can buy that and fix it up and turn it into to 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 a nice house. It's all about price. it's all about the price. And and so if you're a home seller out there and you're like, man, I don't know, I got so much stuff to do in my house. It's going to take me a year and blah 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 blah. A lot of that stuff just needs to be adjusted in the price, and you have to decide if the energy and effort you're going to put into those repairs or improvements will return a good enough price and a good enough time investment for you to say, yeah, I want to sit here and do this for another year to, to fix up all these things, right? Like, you know, I can't tell you how many homes we buy where people are like, oh, I was going to eventually renovate that, and I was in the process of renovating that, or I got tired and didn't want to do that anymore, and and they just kick the can down the road. And so if you're one yeah, of those people, you, you sacrifice a lot of time not being where you really want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like people don't realize that when they're when they're living in a home that becomes like their project, like their peace. That's hard to get out of that. Your peace is, is sacrificed. <laughs> I, I've, I've lived in houses where. What's that movie? Money Pit? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've lived in the, I've lived in houses where they're being renovated while I live in them. Yeah. It's brutal. It, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute I, nightmare. I've been told it can ruin relationships. hundred percent. It causes it, stress. And, and not just that, but like in today's construction world, like contractors just show up whenever they want. Or don't. Like, or, or the, and they, like, I, I, I was having a renovation done where I turned a, um, I turned a little, uh, area off the side of the house into extra, uh, extra, an extra room. And the purpose was, it was to build out like a, an extra home office. Right. And so, um, the, the funny part is, is that, um, they did a pretty good job on the renovation. It took way longer. They would show up randomly Saturday morning at 5 a.m. to work. I'm like, what in the yeah. – I'm trying to sleep, bro. Like, it's Friday Oh, you were living there? Oh, yeah, I was living there while they were doing this edition. <laughs> the other thing is I'd walk outside – and there'd be Corona bottles everywhere, cigarettes. cigarettes. I'm like, come <laughs> on, dude! Like, really? You can't like throw this in the trash? Just leave it on the ground? Like, but but that's the stuff you deal with. Yep. So so I'm a big proponent of. I tell people all the time, if you live in a house that needs renovation, really, really, really think about it. Here's what you need to do: you need to double what they tell you it's going to cost, and you need to double the amount of time they tell you it's going to take, and then you need to decide if you can live with that, or if you just sell that house. And go buy one that's already got the stuff you want. Yeah. Most of the time, that's what makes sense. Most of the time, that's what makes sense. And and especially for your piece, because living in a house that's being renovated is. I I rather pay for ease if I'm being honest. A hundred percent. And I think people sacrifice that. And look, I, I I can understand like if you're at a certain age. And you enjoy like a renovation stuff, and you want to make a little. Enjoys that. I think there's people that like their first home. Or if their they're doing home, it, I think themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I'm saying that they're redoing their kitchen together yeah. as a husband and wife. I think that can be a good bonding thing. Like me personally, no go zone. <laughs> but but I think there are people out there that will do it. Um, but I think again, you you got to get to a point where you decide you really want to spend your Friday your weekend doing this, or would you rather be out having fun? You know? Yeah. So again. Um, <laughs> Unsellable houses don't exist. If you're going to renovate your house, think twice. Think about selling it and then 
you know, and then buying another. And if you do have a house that you think is unsellable, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com. We'd love to give you a cash offer. So we'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Get your cash offer for your house at DuncanDuo.com. That's DuncanDuo.com. If you're thinking about buying a vacation home, this is something that I think um, is pretty common right now. But I also think it's really common for people to buy second vacation luxury homes right now in our market. We, we've we got multiple people right now looking at seven-figure homes that we're working with that are they're moving here or buying it to spend part of their year here. And something I think that goes without being said is when you're, when you're looking at buying a luxury property and you're going to spend, let's say, a limited amount of time there, some things that you want to look at doing, and again, this is up to you, not everybody, you know... Anyone buying a property they're not going to occupy full time. Um, always, if they're if they're smart with money, um, they kind of weigh the options of: Do I want other people in the house? Do I want to Airbnb it? Do I want to do I want to do that or not? Um, I think I think you see a mix where you see some people who are kind of curious: Hey, what would it Airbnb for? If I mm. if you know if 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 I thought about it, what would it cost? What would I do that? But there are plenty of people that are buying in that range that don't need anybody stepping foot in their home. So. The point, though, is, is that because you're going to spend a limited amount of time there, the time that you are going to spend there is going to be very vacation-like driven. Correct. You want to go and do the things and experience the things that you are going to experience when you use that as a vacation. So let's say you're buying a property. Um, you know, It's funny. We had somebody call us last week, and they said, hey, I want to buy uh, in Tampa. I want a $10 million house to park my 68-foot yacht on a golf course. And I was like, that don't exist, bro. That ain't in Tampa. <laughs> on a golf like, course. Like, let us help you. That would be epic if it did. It doesn't exist, though. Like, And it does at other places in Florida. Yeah. South Florida. Miami, you know, you Fort Lauderdale. It. You can find it yeah. Boca. You can find it Palm Beach. You can find it, but but not here. So so anyway, we're, we're working with him on on that. Like, And it ain't $10 million. It's, it's like 20 Like, yeah. it, you know, so. More. Yeah. yeah. So, so nonetheless, um, you know, we're still, we'll still, we're still helping the guy and working with him and sending him information. But. The point is, is that, you know, he was very specific. He knew he wanted to golf. He's going to be down here a month, a year, right? He wanted to golf and he wanted a boat, you know, and he wanted those two things there because he's going to spend a month or two months a year there. And he wants to make sure those things are things that he can do very easily. Similarly, like if you're buying a house that's on the water, boat the water, go out on a boat, rent a boat, have your agent. We'll do it. Like if we're helping you, if you're thinking about buying a house because you want a boat or you want a retirement opportunity, our agents will get a boat. Like I have literally three people on my team whose husbands are have boats, are fishermen captains, yeah. not just boat, not just have boats, boat but captains, they're actually like, yeah. that's what they do for a living. So like, we'll take you out. We'll take you out. We'll boat you through. We'll, we'll take you. We'll let you see everything. Do a little fishing. Of course. But what you need to do if you're not working with us or if you're if you're looking somewhere else in the country at a vacation property, you need to experience the things that you're going to do while you're there on vacation. So you need to boat the water, you need to go to the restaurants. That's sound advice. You need yeah, you need to you need to drive to the places. I mean, this is a big big investment and I have seen people buy luxury houses and then call and say, you know, I really don't like the water. I want to sell this and buy a different yeah, one because they didn't mistake. do their due diligence, yep. right? So another thing that I think um, is important when you're when you're looking at, um, you know, buying a, a property that you really want to unplug and be on vacation with, look at the construction going on around it mm-hmm. because that's going to be something, right? If, if, if you have vacant lots next to you and you're on the water, guess what? Something's getting built there. Yep. And your 30-day vacation that you're about to take might get disrupted by somebody building the mega mansion right next door and you got to hear beep, beep, beep. 
beep, beep from the construction trucks backing up all day long. So uh, to me personally, I think it's a really important thing that you need to look at to decide whether or not you like like and buy a particular property is look at what's going on with construction around you mm-hmm. to decide if it's going to be a nuisance. The other thing is drive the neighborhood. And I tell every buyer this, but I think on the high end, drive the neighborhood at night. Yeah. Know daytime, what, nighttime. Right, right. Are you in a super touristy area and are people going to be walking up and down on your beach and are you going to hear loud music and it, you know, decide is the 30 days that you're going to spend there worth it. Now, here's the other thing that I have found can be effective, okay? And this is this is one of my uh Daniel gets mad at me for calling things ninja tips cuz he's like, "Dude, that's so old." He goes, "You're telling your age when you tell people you have a ninja tip for them." I don't know why, but this is a ninja tip. I'm going to say it anyway. Ask it to stay a night in the house. I've you're, actually heard of that. You're a high-end buyer. You want to buy someone's you know, $10 million house, ask to stay in it. Make it a contingency. Stay it's in a, the house a, overnight. It's a different transaction than 500000 Of course. Yeah, million. 100%. Because most of the time, those people are going to get it. They understand it. You're buying, in that price range, you're buying a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I think you can do that even in, in lower price ranges. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's no question that you can do that in seven-figure price ranges for the most part. You Because, know? again, all it really takes, I mean, somebody's got to go get an Airbnb for a night, or they go to stay a hotel, did or they you, go out of town for a weekend. Did you spend the night at that horror house that you just bought no i did not that that would not be good i don't know that i'd still be here this house had a a, a, an s10 pickup with a machine gun that came up out of the hood i'm not kidding you it was like a show car or something the guy was like way into cars yeah different cars than me but this was like a low rider like an s10 low rider and it was like a custom it won a bunch of trophies and it has a fake machine gun it looked like something you see in like mad max yeah it has a fake (laughs) machine gun that it pops up out of the hood to scare people could you imagine sitting in traffic looking up and some guy honks at you and you're like oh you know, screw you, buddy. Yeah. You know, and then Press a machine, that gun, machine pops gun pops up pops out of up. the hood, pointing at you. Pure pandemonium. <laughs> yeah. Just, could you? Could you imagine? But yeah, this it was wild. So, and and we see that all the time. I mean, I see houses. I've turned houses that you couldn't even believe what they looked like. I've got one in Seminole Heights right now. I was talking to the contractor yesterday or the day before, and uh, the contract the contractor's you know he's my people. He's a good old boy, right? And he says, "Yeah, Andrew, man, I don't know, buddy. I don't know about this one." He goes, "This one you got, man. This is we're gonna. This is gonna, you know." And he's basically almost like trying to talk me out of the renovation. I was like, yeah. "No, I knew when I bought it that it was gonna be got upside that it was gonna be like this, you know." So, but um. And 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 it's funny because the reason I bought it, and we I mean look we we buy houses all the time. Dun, again, I've I've pitched it before, but DuncanDuo.com we we do. The reason I bought this house is because it has a two car detached garage that had, in Seminole Heights yeah. doesn't exist. You gonna that is basically it, it needs ADU? a complete gutting and renovation. I don't know if I'm going to do ADU or if I'm going to turn it into a in, into a garage. I know with an ADU, if I turn it into an ADU, I know I could if if I was going to rent it. I would probably do an ADU, but selling it, I don't know which. I don't know which one would be more valuable, the ADU or the um, or the garage, because there are no garages in Seminole Heights. And I'm a garage guy, so that was probably my first thought. But you're right; I need to look into whether or not I should do an. It'd be ADU nice if you could do an ADU on the top and big garage on the bottom. You can't. There's no way you can build it up. It's the way that it's set up and the trees and yeah. all that. You'd have to. It's it's a one floor opportunity, but it's a it's a behind the house two car garage. It just does not. 
doesn't exist. Though. Doesn't exist. Yeah. So I know that's going to be super valuable to someone because I'll deck it out, I'll air condition it, I'll make it really nice and put flooring and you know it'll it'll be it'll be sweet, and and I think that will be worth a lot of money to somebody. Of so, course. So that's why I bought it. I bought it because I'll renovate the house, but I'm also going to turn the garage into something really cool that can't happen uh, in most areas in someone Heights because you're not going to be able to get approval for building. What What no. is there already couldn't get approved to build today. No. The fact that it's there, I'll be able to keep it. So, But anyway, the, um, the, yeah, the, the, the vacation home. Vacation and home, vacation yeah. home. So so do some, do some research on comps for Airbnb. Drive the neighborhood. Ask to stay the night. Go there during different hours. And then experience the things that you're going to do on vacation in the property. Drive to the restaurants, look at construction, see what's going on with construction around. Um, and and again, both the water. You know, both the water and do it at different tide times. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, there's a lot of water in Tampa, and even water I live on, that at certain times of day, looks like incredible boating opportunity. This looks like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I can park that a and go. And then uh, about six hours later, it's a mud pit. Mm-hmm. So make sure you look at the water and investigate the tides and look at high tide and low tide um, because nothing's worse than spending all that money on a property, coming down, and then finding out, oh, we're about to go out on the boat, and you look out at your dock, and it's it's mud. Yeah. You know? so, um, so, yeah, make sure that you're um, paying attention to that. I think another thing is, you know, is – um, if it's going to be a vacation home for you, I think you need to have a local resource for what to, how to manage the property when you aren't there. Look, we can put cameras and you can you can smart home everything, but what happens when the Wi-Fi goes out? Yeah, correct. You know what happens? You know, I think you need somebody. And again, I mean, when we work with our high end clients, this is a service that we offer. We'll go check on the house for you. You know, like you you work with us. We're going to go and we're going to keep an eye on it. If you want us to drive by and look at it after we've already sold you the property, of course we will we will do that for you. Clients now, for are we going to manage tenants and, you know, clean the, mow the yard and clean the kitchen? No, but but we'll look at it. We'll check it out for you occasionally if there's some sort of concern you have or something you need looked at. Um, and, and I think, again, that's just an extra service we offer to someone that isn't going to live in their house that's going to use it as a vacation. And if you are going to rent it out um, in the high end, the tough part about managing Airbnb when you're not there, um, and especially on the higher end, I, I think you need someone to, to. I think you need someone else to manage it for the amount of money that you're going to pay someone mm-hmm. to have to take and take all of that off. I think it's a no brainer because a lot of times people buying in this price range are busy entrepreneurs. They can't answer Airbnb messages. They got a lot going on. They got other businesses, other enterprises. The amount of money that you'd pay to a property manager to manage all that and take it off to screen people, to make sure the property's cleaned, to double check everything, I think it's worth its weight in gold when you're buying a high end property. So, again, that only applies if you're actually looking to, to rent it out. A lot of times, you know, people, people aren't. You know, the, uh, if you're going to long-term rent it, you definitely need a property manager. Yeah. Long-term renting, high-end real estate. I mean, you see the horror stories on TMZ of, you know, celebrities that trash houses and, you know, with with the and, and a lot of times I I find that those situations didn't have a property manager. So you definitely need a property manager. And if you need property management, I'm not one. And so don't call me. We don't do it. <laughs> we help you sell and buy. So um anyway, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We're going to continue this conversation after a break. When we aren't on air, follow us on all of our socials, at The Duncan Duo. Again, that's at The Duncan Duo, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. 
And uh, make sure if you're thinking about getting a cash offer for your house, DuncanDuo.com. You can go there as well. If you're thinking about buying luxury real estate, you can hit us up as well. If you're thinking about a luxury vacation property, something on the water, um, we would love to offer our concierge service to you. And a lot of times people look at my company and say, well, Andrew, I saw you sold a $100,000 house last month. Why Why do you want to sell my $5 million? We do it all, man. We I have agents. I have a big company. So just like a, a law firm or a doctor's office that has specialists, I have agents that do majority high-end real estate, and then I have agents that do commercial, and then I have agents that help first-time home buyers. It just depends on that agent's specific niche and their experience um, in terms of which part of the business they actually operate in. So we can help you with with pretty much any of it. So, But again, the person that's going to work with you at my company is going to be different depending on your actual unique need. Uh, no different than going into a hospital. A podiatrist isn't going to operate on your heart. Oh, does a doctor draw blood? Right, exactly. No. no, same thing. So anyway, we'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market on the Duncan Duo Show. We've gotten this question before to people new to Tampa. We got a lot of people new to Tampa. People move. People have moved here in droves, um, and it keeps coming. I hope we keep improving the roads, um, you know, so that South Tampa doesn't become a parking lot. But that's a whole other conversation. Oh God! So, <laughs> so anyway, celebrity real estate. People people ask all the time, you know, where do the celebrities live? Where do the athletes live? And and I don't want to say names because some of them in the past have been clients or potential clients. So I have to be careful about giving out, you know, like houses and information about like hockey players that we've, you know, kind of communicated with and worked with. You know, so I'm not going to like, I'm just not going to dox give every, anybody. Give, give everyone the address. Yeah, Let's I'm, gonna, just go I'm there. not doxing anybody here. Um, but, but like the neighborhoods where uh, celebrities, pro athletes uh, typically live. Um, are uh, you've got Avila? You've got a lot of professional athletes that live in Avila, which is you know up in North Tampa. It's a gated you know private golf course community. Um, you know, again, you can Google to find out who all lives there, but but a lot a lot of them live. That's a big hub. Yeah, football a lot especially. of them. Li- football players. A lot of football players live in Avila. Um, funny enough. Uh, so so I saw John Cena. Uh-huh. At um, uh, Cars and Coffee, Armature Rides by the River. Yeah, that's like, like Type R. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. And and he, I got to tell you, I became a bigger John Cena fan. The dude sat there, took pictures with everybody, signed stuff, walked around, talked to people about their cars. No entourage, no security, because I think he can take care of himself. Yeah, I think so. But, but like, he had a line for him. He got there. Literally, there was uh, just no as a, Just as a patron, it wasn't like a booth for no him. No one even knew he was coming. Like, I talked to the people. Like, I talked to you. You, yeah, you yeah. know some of the people there. Yeah. And I, I, they had no idea he was coming. He just came to cars, by cars, cars and Coffee. So the security people, you have to pay to park your house. Or park your house. Park you your have to car. pay to park your car out on the helipad right by the river, right? You pay. Yeah. Is there like a helipad bucks. there? It's yeah, there is like the little you know where I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So so the little uh, oh, kind of yes, circular yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, goes yeah. out. Yeah. It's right next to the river, right? So they have to move the little uh, barriers and then people park in there, right? But you pay, you pay a premium either. That's what your has spray. all his cars all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Of course he doesn't pay, but but he may. I he don't may. Know. You know who knows? But anyway, it's it's twenty bucks or something. And I've done it. A co- I've put a couple of my cars out there a couple mm-hmm. times, but usually I'm just in the in the strip. You yeah, know, kind of the one lane. When you road walk down, there. everything's angry. Correct. Yeah, because yeah. they parked the exotics and stuff there. So um, anyway, the week I went, I took my Supra. So it was an I wasn't an exotic where I was kind of out, you know, in the regular lot. But so I'm walking around, and I see the Type R pulling up. I'm like, man, that 
Yeah, I read an article. Sick. He daily drives that. He yeah, loves you it. You know, he told me. Like, Manual. we had a conversation and everything. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's sick. John Cena coming up. Um, he lives up up in like Lutz, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of public knowledge. It was on reality TV. But anyway, he he pulls up, and the security guy has no idea. He's like, hey, do you have a ticket? And he rolls down the window, and the security guy's telling me, he's like, I saw who he was, and he was like, and he was like, okay, yeah, you're good. You can go park there. <laughs> like, he didn't have a ticket, but it's like, where are you going? You're going to park. You're not going to park John Cena in the main lot. Where yeah, you can correct. Hang out. But yeah, he. I talked to him. I took a picture, a quick little video, and that's his daily. He loves it. Like and and so I it's interesting. That. He's got a pretty cool collection. Um, there's friends of mine that live up in Lutz that see him driving around, and I'll see. The other day they saw him in like I think it was like an older Corvette convertible, and he's driving around shirtless, <laughs> living his best life. Man. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love it. Doing his so, thing. So other places, uh, you've got you got Davis Island. You have a lot of uh, celebrities and athletes that live on Davis Island. Obviously, it was well known that Jeter. Jeter built his compound there before he sold it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of a lot of. Um, Ex MLB players, a lot of hockey players uh, live on Davis Island. A lot of hockey guys on West Shore uh, West Shore Yacht Club. Um, you know they'll live there, and it seems like they live there when they first move to figure out where they want to be. No, yeah. be like it's a little bit lower price point. Mm-hmm. You know they'll they'll get a little town the hall, and then and then they get the big contract and they go to Davis Island or sometimes Hyde Park. I so love that's another Davis spot. Island. I yeah, love it there. So Davis Island, Harbor Island, Harbor Island. You'll see for sure. You'll yep. see some celebrities and athletes gates. that live on Harbor Island. Um, Simply because uh, you've got you know it's gated, it's a little bit more secure. Um, but interestingly enough, where a lot of the athletes live on Davis Island is not gated, not secure. You no. can just cruise on through. You see them walking their dogs, and you know just be out being a normal person. So, um, so you know, I just listed a property on Davis Island um, on um, you know on it's 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 one point one million. It's a it's a it's a tear down, and and somebody's going to buy it, build a McMansion. But as I was cruising through there. You know, you see people out. I mean, they're just out walking their dogs. They're just normal people. So um, I'm not doxing anyone. I'm not get, telling anyone lives there. But but there's some prominent people that, that have homes there. So I think you've also got, um, you know, you look at the beachfront and the waterfront where you can have a gated property and a gated estate. But but um, but but truthfully, I think the the majority of the celebrities live in one of those you know one of those spots. Right, Davis Island's great. You got the private airport. Mm-hmm. You got yep. water right there. Yep. Yeah, water views. Awesome. And obviously, sun. and then I think the last strip that you have is Bayshore Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I live on Bayshore. I live a little further down, but you know, you'll have MLB players, ex-athletes. I know. Uh, I think the Cub uh, uh, Joe Madden sold his house like right in that area. So you've got, um, you know, you've got a lot of athletes that live on Bayshore that live, you know, kind of in the in the nicer price ranges. So. Um, or nicer areas, so to speak. So, so again, you've got a lot of athletes living in those areas. That doesn't mean they're not elsewhere. You know, like there there are wrestlers that are sprinkled out all over Tampa Bay into different neighborhoods. The neighborhood I used to live in, um, Gallant Villages of Bayport, um, had a couple of wrestlers that lived in there that were pretty well known when they were kind of at peak. So, anyway, that's a little bit about celebrity real estate. I hope our show was helpful for you today. Hit us up at DuncanDuo.com if you're thinking about buying or selling. Uh, think about getting an instant cash offer for your house and have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.